Hey, Tampa Bay, this is SC Day, your host of the Legally Steal Show, Tampa Bay's newest and hottest consumer talk radio show. Tune in to us weekly, Saturdays at 3 p.m., where we're going to bring you issues that matter most to your wallet. We'll discuss issues like taxes, finances, home loans, and my favorite, vehicles. Tune in Saturdays, 3 p.m. We'll make sure you get the information you need to bring you issues that matter most to your wallet. Buying a home is a lot like playing baseball. You think you've got it all figured out. Then, here comes a change-up. Strike one! It's easy to get frustrated. Strike two! That's why you need a coach who knows the game. Okay, here we go! And can guide you around the bases. Talk to a Grow Financial Mortgage Loan Consultant. We'll get you home. Hey! Learn more at growfinancial.org. Grow Financial is an equal housing lender and is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration. It's time for Legally Steal with your host, S.E. Day. Hey, hey, happy Saturday. It's um, October the 8th, and I'll tell you, uh, you talk about having some close calls right at the very last moment. Uh, studio equipment started acting up, and just as the clock counted down, five, four, three, I was able to go live. So I guess uh, the best time is right now <laughs> instead of later. Um, anyway, anyway, I'm trying to get myself corrected here in the studio. We have a good, really, really good show for you today. Um this whole week we've been talking about on um, on SE's tips of the day at 12 noon. We've been talking about debt. We've been talking about credit. We've been talking about a lot of issues that affect you personally, affect your wallet, because that's what we do here on the show. We bring you issues that matter most to your wallet. So basically what we've done is at the end of the week, we will do a culmination of the tips that will lead to our weekend show. And today we have, and I promise you, I'm going to make sure I have a guest on, because I, I want you to just hear my voice. I'm an expert in what I do, but I want you to hear the voices of the experts uh, when it comes to when it comes to any of the issues that we bring to you. And one of our guests today is is an expert just in that industry, and we're going to have him on at about fifteen past the hour. But it's you know, and so we can talk more to you about what's going on, things like I said, things that are most important to your wallet, uh, especially with you know we hear about the debt crisis, we've heard about the debt crisis, we hear about our legislators in Congress right now who I think they just passed a little measure to keep the government running. But we've also talked about the overhaul in the whole financial system. But one of the things that I brought to you uh, during the week was debt and how you can go debt consolidation, you can go debt elimination, you can run to any and all of these things, but it's not going to help you on your debt unless you help yourself and you start helping yourself by changing your mindset. 
Now, in order to do that, there's a lot there's a lot that's involved with that. It's easy to say, "Hey, well, you know, you need to change your mindset." Well, what does that mean? What does that mean to the average person? What does that mean that I have to change my mindset? If I don't have any skills or or anything to help me change my mindset, how can I be effective in actually changing that mindset and making some things happen? So some of the things that we're going to touch bases on today are just that. How do you change your mindset to, one, eliminate your debt, Two, to keep your mind focused where you don't put yourself back in debt. And three, to actually start eliminating your debt. Now, these things are procedural. Uh, It's it's a learned craft that you have to do. You can't take it lightly. And you have to really be diligent in making things work for you because they don't just happen. They don't just happen. There are many businesses that have been created because of your, my ability not to take responsibility, to take responsibility in our own lives and the things that we do. And now you are hit with the problem. Now to add insult to injury, we're coming up on the now, I guess busiest retail shopping days of the year. That's Christmas time. Many of you are still in debt from two years past. So when January rolls around again, you're going to have that many years under your belt still in debt. And every January, we all start out with we want to do these resolutions. We want to be a better person than we were last year. We want to get rid of our debt. And then somehow, before the year is over, or before the month is over, really, the month of January, we start to fizzle out. We fizzle out, and we kind of tend to go backwards. And that's not that's not helping anyone, anyone achieve the things that they need to achieve. So today, um, our guest who's going to be on, and of course you can go check in, you can go look at him on our website, LegallySteelShow.com. And of course what we do is we feature every one of our guests on the show because they're taking time out of their busy day to come on and talk with us. So we want to give something back. Um, His name is um, and Greg. Greg, please don't shoot me. You're going to have to correct me. I'm normally good with names, but it's Gregory McGramey. Gregory McGramey. Now, he's going to be on about 15 past the hour, and Gregory has a lot of experience uh, when it comes to dealing with debt. Um, He is, you know, he's taught over a thousand workshops dealing with. Dealing with and getting out of debt for companies like Google, PepsiCo, and UPS. I mean, this is this is not small time stuff. If if you're going in and you're talking with billion dollar companies like Google and PepsiCo and UPS, you better know what you're talking about. Uh, and when you have over a thousand financial workshops under your belt, that tells you you know something about what you're doing. He's also the author of the best selling book. Now you know media audiobooks, uh, get smart about investing. Get smart about investing. So definitely I am going to be welcoming him 
uh, to you to give you insight of things you need to know about because that's what we do here. So we're going to talk about things, little things like, you know, say your 401k, um, things like how do you, you know, is refinancing a good option for you when it comes to paying off your debt? Other points uh, of contentions are, you know, your, of course, your debt elimination, your debt consolidation, and oh, what about bankruptcy? So definitely, definitely we're going to have a good show for you today because I want you to know these things. And, of course, you can always give us a call here at the studio, 347-637-1008, and we can take your call live on the air and any questions you may have for Greg, Greg, I'm just going to say Greg, uh, any questions you may have for Greg, uh, Greg can get those questions answered for you. And, of course, I'm right here. The chat line is open. So by all means, if you have any questions like you've been doing so diligently throughout the weeks, throughout the months, the year, um, those of you who may not want to come online, I guess the chat line is a good way for you to get your point across. But we like talking to you. We like hearing from you. So regardless of if you call in to hear your own voice or you want your message or your question answered, do it on the chat line. It's always open uh, whenever we're on the air, and we have the time. Remember, this is our show. We can do what we want. We can say what we want within reason. But it's we want to hear from you. We want to take your questions, your calls, and any concerns that you may have. So, again, that's 347-637-1008. And what we're going to do is we're going to take a small break um, so we can, you know, pay for the pay for the show. We'll take a small break, and then we'll be back, and we will have Mr. McGrimey on. I, Greg, I hope I'm saying that right. So stay tuned, and you'll be, you'll be tuning in and hearing one of the industry experts on debt. Only on the Legally Steal Show, we're bringing you issues that matter most to your wallet. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. And now, your all-star loan lineup from Grove Financial. Leading off, vehicle loans. Adding second, Grove Visa Credit Card. Third, Grove Student Loans. And batting cleanup, the big guy, Home Loans. Holy cow, it's a grand slam from Grove Financial. Just look at those low rates. Apply today at GroveFinancial.org. Grove Financial Federal Credit Union is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration and an equal housing lender. Hey, Tampa Bay, this is F.C. Day, your host of the Legally Steal Show, Tampa Bay's newest and hottest consumer talk radio show. Tune in to us weekly, Saturdays at 3 p.m., where we're going to bring you issues that matter most to your wallet. We'll discuss issues like taxes, finances, home loans, and my favorite, vehicles. Tune in Saturdays, 3 p.m. We'll make sure you get the information you need to bring you issues that matter most to your wallet. It's time for Legally Steal with your host, S.E. Day. That's right. We're back. We're back. I'm your host, S.E. Day, here of the Legally Steal Show. We're bringing you issues that matter most to your wallet. Um, I've been talking up our guest, and we are going to bring him on live here uh, in just a second. Uh, now, you've probably heard the commercial here, Grow Financial. Now, you know I'm a big advocate of credit unions. 
and of course what's been going on in the market uh, with the new law coming into place, uh, the overhaul of the financial industry, uh, Grow Financial uh, is looking even sweeter, looking even sweeter for you out there. I'm telling you, the banks are not your friends. So get your membership. Of course, you can always, you know, my book is online. If you go to Grow's website and type in free book, or you can go to our website, LegallySteelShow.com, and click on free book. It will take you directly to Grow's website, and you can get a copy of my best-selling book, The Negotiating Experience, Your Car Deal, Your Way. Now, that's enough of me promoting myself. I want to talk about you a little bit. Greg, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. <laughs> Good. Now, pronounce your last name for me. Oh, you you had it spot on. Greg McGramey. Oh, no. see, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> now I don't feel so bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, Greg, now it's it's really impressive to have you have you here with us today. Um talking about a a subject that is really touching everybody's lives and I'm looking and going over, you know, your information over a, a a thousand financial seminars and speeches to companies like PepsiCo, Google, and UPS. Yeah, I, I kind of have a unique background. I, I was formally trained as a certified financial planner, and I okay. did traditional financial planning uh, for several years. And then about a decade ago, I really wanted to. I just loved the educational side of the business, and. Okay. I kind of branched off um, and took kind of a fork in the career road that had me literally traveling for the last decade all across the country teaching wow. financial seminars on different topics at large companies, like you mentioned. And it's kind of been a privilege because I get to go out there and share my perspective and hear people's stories and, and really try to give them strategies to help them make progress. And, and that's really what it's all about. You know, and and to say that, I like to tell people that it really starts at home. Um, yes, we all, you know, you spoke to all of those employees at these companies, but at the end of the day, all of those employees had to leave the company and go home and deal with their own personal debt situation. We all have debt. Now, one of the things that, if you don't mind, could we talk about, Little uh, good debt, and of course things are changing so often. But good debt versus bad debt. Sure, absolutely. I mean, good debt traditionally has been something like a mortgage, and the right. reason I say that is because the interest rates on the typical mortgage tend to be a lot lower than the typical credit card, for example. Okay. And if I buy a house and every month I'm building some equity in the property and I'm getting a tax deduction for the interest. Relatively speaking, a mortgage is a much better form of debt than something like a credit card, for example. Right. Um, another form of good debt, maybe a student loan. And mm -hmm. for those of you listening that have a lot of student loan debt, it probably doesn't <laughs> feel too good to you. But if you're investing in yourself and your education, and now maybe your earnings during your career can go up, right? That that's really an important investment. And student loan rates tend to be on the affordable side, and there's some tax benefits. So generally, when we're talking about good debt, mortgages and student loans fit the bill. Now, just one warning, of course, because good <laughs> yeah, debt can quickly warn. turn into bad debt, as we hear about every day. So I, I don't want to say it's all good news. Right, um, but, exactly. 
but compared to some of those other types of debt, um, that's that's really what I'm thinking about when I when I think about good debt. Okay, okay, and of course I noticed you said you know generally speaking uh, when we're talking about good debt, uh, we're in of course we're down in Florida, right? Uh, and and Florida like Arizona uh, and Georgia were three of the worst hit states when it came to the foreclosure process. And a lot of people now here in those states and around the country, because the home values have fallen so much, people are finding themselves in mortgages that are static in the way they have been for the past, you know, whatever, however long they had them financed. But they're finding the value of their homes gone. It's just gone away. And now they're stuck between a rock and a hard place and having to pay this mortgage that they've been paying for so long on a house that the value is not there and no one can predict when the value may come back. So that can, like you said, it can quickly turn into a situation that things aren't right and there are a lot of variables that could cause your good debt to go bad debt. Absolutely. And and in a lot of cases, Residents in Florida had two big things compounding together, and this is what a lot of people are feeling right now. Number one is just what the value of the home is and whether it's going up or going down, and we know that that's been going down significantly. Mm -hmm. But the second piece of that is can you afford your monthly payment? Because Mm -hmm. when you have both of those things coming together, the value of the home going down and the fact that you can't afford the monthly payment – that's where the, the pressure really builds up. Um, if someone can't afford the monthly payment, and you know you, you talk about banks a lot and a lot of loans that were made that shouldn't have been made, but mm-hmm. aside from that, and, and this is one of the biggest things, especially if some people are looking at should they be buying real estate now in Florida or should maybe someone right. wants to buy their first home, right. it all starts with, with that question of whether what amount is affordable. What can I reasonably afford in regards to a monthly payment, values are going to fluctuate. And like you said, no one has that crystal ball. But at the end of the day, making sure that you have the right mortgage for your situation and that you're um, in a monthly payment that's not going to change, right? I mean, we're seeing that all the time. (laughs) Right. Um, All kinds of crazy mortgages out there, and you're paying $1,500 one month, and the next month you're paying $3,000, and it's pushing you over the edge. Exactly. So really, it's a, it's a key area. I mean, when you look at housing, that's most people's biggest asset and their biz- biggest expense all wrapped up into one. Yes. And you yes. add to that leverage, and, and it's kind of the perfect storm. It is. It is. Um, now, you know, we, you touched on it, and you said student loans, and you said your mortgages, and, of course, the car loans are, are, are in a situation where they are a necessary evil. They're like a mortgage. You have to have somewhere to stay, and you have to have some way to get to your job. So I've been in the car business for, well, I'm out of it now, but I've been around the car industry for over 20 years. I was a car dealer, and I put a lot of people in those um, depreciable assets. Now, it has turned to a point where and this is where a lot of people really don't focus on the the prices of cars are going up right and they're steadily rising and and 
there's not, you know, people aren't releasing money like they were freely releasing it three, four years ago. Sure. So now you're being stuck with a mortgage um, that's, you know, and you throw that car loan in there. We hadn't even gotten to the bad debt yet. We're going to get to that. <laughs> but we hadn't even gotten to the bad debt. Now you got that student loan because, you know, you decide to stay in school a little bit longer because you wanted that master's or that Ph.D. or you want to become an attorney. Uh, you have those student loans, that car loan, and that mortgage. Those are, are three of your biggest headaches, but they are necessary evils. You have to pay them off because they are investments, if you look at it in a sense. So one of the things is those things can go bad. You start defaulting on your student loans. You start not making that car payment, or you start de defaulting on that mortgage. This is where these investments now can turn to, what would you call it, Greg? <laughs> a tidal wave, ready to break. Um, you know, they certainly can. And one of the things that I try and highlight with individuals are some of the distinctions that you can make. Like, like you said, I agree with you that in a lot of cases, I need a car. I need to be able to get to work to earn, earn my keep. Right. But there are a lot of different decisions I can make in that car purchase, as you know I could buy a $15,000 car. I could buy a $25,000 car. Right. I could get a car loan for three years, or I can get a car loan for eight years. I could mm -hmm. put money down or no money. All of those decisions can have a significant impact on you being able to make your payments and for it to be affordable versus kind of pushing you over the edge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, here's, the, here's my shameless little plug, you know, for one of my advertisers, uh, Grow Financial. Now, Greg, GROW is, is, is a federally insured credit union, and I'm a big credit union advocate. But one of the things that I like to tell people is what I like about places like credit unions, not just GROW, but credit unions in general, is when you sit down with them, let's say, for instance, you want a mortgage or you want to buy a car or you want a student loan, they're going to have advisors there because they're, they are really gauging and judging you more as an individual than just a number. So they're going to have advisors to tell you about how much car you can afford versus how much we have approved you for. Um, same things with the, uh, with the mortgage lending. Because uh, I, remember, I remember years ago, I, I used to be a real estate developer, and I remember people could go and get, they would go and get, you know, those pre-approvals. Right. And because of the data in their credit report and their job history, they may be approved for $300,000, but they couldn't afford $300,000 because they didn't look at the total picture and take everything, <clears throat> excuse me, and take everything into account. And a lot of these people were running out and buying that $300,000 house. Likewise, on that $50,000 car, when you knew you should have been in a $20,000 car. So, they will get themselves, and that's what I like about the credit union, their, their, their job is to guide you into the right direction. So my shameless plug, join a credit union, people. Join a credit <laughs> union. Okay, now, back to, back to debt. Now, Greg, now you say you, you kind of changed courses a little bit. What gave you the passion to drive in what you're doing to get people knowledgeable about debt? You know, I, I, at the time, I was working in New York City, and I was a certified financial planner, and, and mm -hmm. I actually had been asked to teach an investing class at a local college, at Baruch College. Mm -hmm. And 
I started teaching and I just I just loved sharing kind of my perspective and trying to take really complicated topics that people don't really learn about in school or or from their family necessarily and just break them down in an easy way so that people could make progress because the financial impacts of some of the decisions we make I mean it affects everything our families our health the amount of stress we're feeling in life and yeah. so I I started teaching this class and I started teaching a few more classes at at this local college, and I, I really just fell in love with with teaching. And okay. some opportunities opened up after that where I was going to be able to to basically teach full time, traveling around the country for these different companies. Right. And it was just it, it's a privilege that that I've had the opportunity to to go out there and just, you know, so often people in the financial industry, and I, I think this is a big issue right now. Everything is about selling, selling, selling. And right. when I'm out there teaching someone, I don't have that conflict of interest. I really just want to help you out. I want to help you understand the topic and see if I could provide some guidance um, so that you can make progress because that's really what it's all about. And sometimes you have some debt and you're dealing with these tough issues and it, and it seems like this mountain right. that, that's too hard to climb. but. With the right information, um, everybody everybody can make progress with the right information. Now, Greg, I hope I have you for a little while because I want to throw some things at you, man. Um, that would be great. Good deal. We were talking about uh, earlier during the week. I do this little show, um, one, to you know keep people informed, but also to keep people, keep my name out there so people can know that we're out there and we're putting that, that type of information out. But it it was called. I was looking at um, a couple of websites, and one was I think Debt Consolidation Care, DebtConsolidationCare dot com, and they had a real good breakdown of what debt elimination was, what debt consolidation was, what you know bankruptcy and how how it would affect you. Now, what do you normally advise people when it comes to? handling their debt or getting rid of their debt? How do they manage it? You know, the the first step, and there's no getting there's no getting past this. Right. You need to put pencil to paper and write down exactly how much debt you have today. It's not fun. It's not something you want to do. But there's no getting around that because I can't tell you what strategy is best for your situation without seeing how much debt you have and the different types and interest rates. And yeah. comparing that to your income. Because in a lot of cases, what I'm trying to assess when I'm looking at someone's situation, which bucket somebody falls into. And what I mean by that is some people with some good strategies mm-hmm. can make progress on their own, just given how much debt they have relative to their income. Okay. Other people, as the amount of debt goes up, or people that have really tried all the basics and have not been successful – they might benefit from working with a nonprofit credit counselor of some type that might be able to help them. Okay. And lastly, the third bucket, sometimes, you know, you went through a really difficult situation in, in life and you accumulated a lot of debt and there's no consolidation or settlement that's going to get rid of it. And sometimes <laughs> bankruptcy is the best option for somebody. Right. Right. Now I talked about I touched on bankruptcy too. And we'll go back in a second, but I touched on bankruptcy. And to me, now I understand, you know, the attorneys and the, you know, the bankruptcy attorneys and dealing with the bankruptcy court administrators. But to me, 
I always looked at it as a sense of if I have, because I've been around credit for a while, and I understand credit and how credit works and how it will stay with you. Right. If, you, if you're going to be involved in a situation, and this is truly, as I put out to the audience, this is truly SE's opinion. This is not a professional opinion. I am not in the financial world. But I will say, if I'm going to file bankruptcy, why in the heck would I file for a Chapter 13 when I can file a Chapter 7 debt elimination, be done with it, get rid of it? Yes, it's going to affect me either way with it being on my credit report. But my mindset is I'm just going to file a Chapter 7 and say the hell with it. Now, <laughs> what what do you say? You're you're in the financial world. Yeah, well, let, let me let me uh, shed a little light on this. That decision of which type of bankruptcy for you to follow wouldn't yeah. be your choice. It would be the judges. Okay. So basically, you're meeting with a bankruptcy attorney. You're trying to see if this is a realistic situation, um, right. and you're trying to decide which option of bankruptcy is going to be best. The bankruptcy court and judge is going to review your entire financial decision, and they're going to ter- determine what you as an individual can realistically afford to pay back if you can, and in a lot okay. of cases you can't, Okay. And, and, what you, and what you cannot. So they're really going to take – that's going to be the judge's decision right. and not something that you have control over as the individual. See, that is very, that is very good information because – you know, you hear tidbits of information, and I like me, I've heard tidbits of information, and it threw it up in mind. I'm like, why would I file for a Chapter 13 when I can file a Chapter 7? But you're saying that decision is not yours. That's absolutely correct. Right, and I can understand that because now what you're doing is asking the bankruptcy courts for relief. And when you ask them for relief, they're going to weigh out all of the parameters and let you know what type of relief that they can help you with. Exactly. And and bankruptcy is the best option for some people. You know, the leading causes of bankruptcy are divorce, job loss, and serious medical issues. And a lot of times people facing bankruptcy have been through more than one of those all at the same time. So that that's enough to push anyone kind of over the edge. And sometimes when the amount of debt goes up. I mean, if I make $40,000 a year at my mm-hmm. job and I have $30,000 of credit card debt, I'm not going to make progress there. The numbers aren't going to let me make progress. No matter how hard I scrimp and save on lattes or going out to eat, <laughs> the interest that these banks are charging is just outrageous. And right. so I don't want to see, I mean, I really care a lot. I want to see people, everyone, all of you listeners can make progress with their debt. I don't want to see somebody killing themselves for the next five or ten years trying to get out of it, and the numbers aren't going to let them ever get there. Okay. Um, bankruptcy is not a good option. I mean, this is a, a tough thing to go through, but sometimes when you're in a bad financial situation, you have to choose the lesser of the two evils. Okay. And sometimes bankruptcy is, is the right option, and it gives you that second chance to really get a fresh start. Well, I'm going to throw this at you, and we're going to take a small break. And I want you to touch on that when we come back after the break. But what I was throwing out this week, and and and, and I heard you kind of just kind of just blow my damn theory out of the water there, Greg. Thanks. But uh, <laughs> it was it was we one way we could try to control some things is through and you know with the whole debt elimination 
it's through um, using discretionary income that we are just blowing or throwing away, how we can start applying some of that towards our debt to relieve it. But listen, after the break, think about that now. After the break, when we come back, I want you to touch in on that subject because that's one of the things that I was pushing, you know, take take care of it yourself. But you're saying that that may not be the case. Listen, we'll be back. Uh, we have a very special guest on with us, Greg McGramey, and he is a you are a certified financial planner. Correct. That's correct. Yes. Okay. And so stay with us after the break, and we're going to talk about some of these methods of actually getting or getting rid of some of your debt. Stay tuned. Buying a home is a lot like playing baseball. You think you've got it all figured out. Then here comes a changeup. Strike one. It's easy to get frustrated. Strike two. That's why you need a coach who knows the game. Okay, here we go. And can guide you around the bases. Talk to a Grow Financial Mortgage Loan Consultant. We'll get you home. Learn more at growfinancial.org. Grow Financial is an equal housing lender and is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration. Hey, Tampa Bay, this is S.C. Day, your host of the Legally Steal Show, Tampa Bay's newest and hottest consumer talk radio show. Tune in to us weekly, Saturdays at 3 p.m., where we're going to bring you issues that matter most to your wallet. We'll discuss issues like taxes, finances, home loans, and my favorite, vehicles. Tune in Saturdays, 3 p.m. We'll make sure you get the information you need to bring you issues that matter most to your wallet. Okay, we're back. Uh, Let's hope that peace doesn't come on. I told you, Greg, we're kind of having some issues here in the studio. Are you still on with me? Say yes. I am, yes. Great, great, because this thing thing is really, really messing up, and I – Jeez, this is not the best day for this. Okay, <laughs> I, I don't want to keep whining on the radio. Listen, this is SC Day, host of the Legally Steal Show, and I have our, I have our special guest on, uh, Mr. Greg McGramey, and he's a certified financial planner, and he has been touring the country and doing these uh, presentations, financial presentations, because he wants to help people like you and I, in our present-day situation, get beyond where we're standing. Now, Greg, before the break, I was talking about one of the strategies <clears throat> that I put out about actually paying down your debt, and that's taking some of that discretionary income or that disposable income that you throw away uh, on those lattes <laughs> and donuts <laughs> or what have you, eating out at lunch. What do you have to say about that that type of theory, that type of, of concept of getting things taken paid down, if you will. Well, the the more you can tighten your expenses, the better. I mean, one of the single best exercises people can do, and again, this isn't on the top of the list of fun, but it's it's necessary, is to simply for thirty days, for the next thirty days, write down every single dollar that you spend for everything. The soda right. at the vending machine, the the coffee, the bagel in the morning. A lot of times when I'm doing that with clients, they're almost always unanimously shocked at where money ends up going. <laughs> um, so th- yeah. that's there's nothing more basic than just tracking. Here's how much money's coming in, and here's where it's going. 
Greg, you know, over 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 the years, I've actually done budgets for people. Right. And I actually saw tears roll down their cheeks when they realized how much money they were blowing. Um, completely. Uh, you know, I, I thought I only went out to eat once or twice, and it was four times this week. Right. Or I thought I was going to spend $500 around the holidays, and it yeah. ended up being $2,000. Right. You, you can't, until you put the pencil to the paper and see what the numbers really are, it makes it really hard for any of us to make informed decisions. It really does. It really does. Listen, people, give us a call here at the studio. Even though we're having some issues, I hope that's not affecting you calling in, but give us a call here at 347-637-1008. We're going to have Greg take some of your calls and answer some of your questions about what is going on in your financial life. You don't have to tell us your name. Of course, I'm going to ask. But just tell me your first name, but then tell us about a situation that you're dealing with. Now, now, Greg, you're saying, and I totally agree with this, put it in writing. You're not, you're not going to know because your mind doesn't work that way. It doesn't mentally track uh, what you're spending and how much you're depositing. Put it down on paper. So I totally agree with that. Now, do you have – is there something – because a lot of people listen to you know us on the Internet – so I'm on the local radio station. What do you have as a suggestion that they use? You know, the the biggest thing, and, and people have different pre- preferences. Some people love to use the electronic format and using Quicken software or okay. something like Mint.com is another really good website for spending and budgeting. Um, for a lot of people, that works, and that makes it, it easier. But – if just writing it down and keeping a single sheet of uh, paper with you that has all your expenses, if that does it, I'm less concerned with the method and more concerned that it actually gets done. Because the, the same thing happens. A lot, a lot of listeners may not realize that most of the credit cards that you have can mm-hmm. change the rates that you're paying without you really knowing it. And wow. so I, I do the same exercise with, with people. We sit down. And I say, let's, let's call the 800 number on the back of each of your cards and ask them what rate you're paying today. Okay. And people always tell me, I ask them, how much do you think you're paying? And they tell me 6% or 8% or 12%. Right. But we know statistically across the country, the average credit card rate is 18% or higher in a lot of cases. Yeah, yeah. And so and... sometimes they see that and they're like the same type of expression, tears, all kinds of emotions – because they had no idea that was the situation they were in. And until they put pencil to paper, they had no way of knowing it. Now, just, just, for, just for giggles, explain a little bit of how that – see, I didn't learn this until I was in college, of what the heck an APR was and actually how it worked. Uh, when I had a Sears credit card way back in the day with a $500 credit limit on it, and they were only asking me to pay $10 a month. I'm like, man, this is great. I can go out and buy that, you know, that CD player, that box CD player uh, that would skip every time you made a step. For yeah, it, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's really terrible. Uh, there, there's this thing called the minimum payment trap out there. Okay. And 
think about it. If you're paying some big bank 18 or 20% on your debt, they don't want that to end. That's right. a great investment for them. <laughs> right. So they're going to come up with every way possible to keep you in debt. And so wow. you might owe $5,000 on a credit card, and they may say, you know what, just pay us $100 this month, and we won't charge any late charges, and we'll consider you on time. Right. And so the typical person gets that bill in the mail, and it says, oh, I'll pay 100 bucks," and they pay it. Yeah. And what they don't realize is that if they keep just paying that amount, most in most cases it's going to take them more than 10 years to pay off that credit card balance. Yeah, I realize thousands and thousands of extra dollars coming out of our wallets. Yeah, just because of not really understanding some of the fine print and some of the the tricks of the trade, so to speak. Well, can you can you talk any on the um, on the whole Dodd Frank, the Durbin Amendment, the things that was, that just went into effect October first? Can you talk any or talk on any of that? Sure, I mean. Here's what I want you listeners to get out of this, because there are a gazillion details to the Dodd-Frank Act. Right, right. But what I want you to understand is the big banks are going to be three steps ahead anyway. <laughs> yes, they are. They, so you can you can say, oh, this is so great, and they're they're going to the banks are going to have to disclose this information. They're going to find other ways to get it from you, and you're hearing about this already with Bank of America and five dollar. ATM fees and other large banks raising their their annual statement fees and things of that nature. Wow. They're going to find a way to get it. So, you know, a lot of people are worried. I mean, with everything that's going on in the economy right now, it's it's brutal. And people are thinking to themselves, what should I do? What should I do about it? (laughs) I want you to focus on the stuff you can control, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because I can write as many letters as I want. I'm not going to impact what Dodd Frank is going to do. <laughs> okay, look, Greg. You know what, doggone it. I, this week, see, <laughs> and you know what? You're giving me exactly what I asked for. I, darn it! I put out there this week. You know what? You can write your banks, write them, and let them know if enough people write, then some things are going to happen. You're telling me, no, nah, you can write all you want. <laughs> look, I, I want you to write the letter, but not be, not before. You do what you got to do at home. Uh, there you go. Okay, let's. let's I, I'm not. I'm not saying I don't want you to try and influence your politicians. Of course, we need that. Right. But don't get so caught up in all the energy out there, yeah. and ignore the basics of getting your own financial house in order. I got you. I got you. So we want to bring it home. Bringing it home and saying first and foremost. So if you had, let's say, a three-step plan. What would you put out there? What would people need? What would be the first thing they need to do? I know you say put pen to paper. First thing to do, put pen to paper. I want to see on a single sheet of paper mm-hmm. the amount, the balance of every single debt you have and what the interest rate is today. Okay. Exactly what are you starting from? Gotcha. Gotcha. And the then, sec- oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 you, by all means, please. Okay. Greg, Greg, this, this, Greg. Hey, Greg. <laughs> this, this is your show, darn it. Go ahead. <laughs> so you got your inventory. Then I want you to do everything you can to motivate, get motivated. You got to try the basics yourself. Okay. And when I say the basics, you got to record your expenses for the next 30 days. 
You got to try and negotiate lower rates. Call up your credit card companies. See if you can negotiate lower rates and use strategies um, that that are kind of basic, but we just need a little uh, a little push to to kind of take action on. Right. And then third, if you're trying the basics and you're really working your tail off and you're not making progress, this mm-hmm. is the key distinction. Every month, you need to keep track of how much debt you have. And you've got to be honest with yourself. Am I moving in the right direction or not? Is my debt going down? If I'm trying this month after month and the basics are not working for me, mm-hmm. then it would be a good step to speak with a nonprofit credit counselor. And I stress nonprofit because there's a lot of people that are looking to take advantage of people that are in tough debt situations. I don't want, I don't want to see that happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and one of the places you can find a, a nonprofit credit counselor is at www.nfcc.org. That's the National Foundation for Credit Counseling. Okay, that's www.nfcc.org? That's correct. Okay, good, good. Well, audience, you're hearing that. Greg, um, I'm going to say this to you, and uh, please forgive me. Of course, I'm going to have to have you back on again. Uh, my my whole <laughs> platform, that's what I said, please tell me you're still there. I'm still my, here. <laughs> I got my producer that's sending me, and tell you how bad things are right now. My my whole platform has kind of like crashed, and it's just circling. And my producer is sending me chats through the smartphone. Thank God for smartphones. <laughs> <laughs> telling me, telling me things that that are coming across the chat line because apparently uh, her platform is still up because mine is mine is toast. I got this little icon up here with the cross hairs on the eyes. I'm like, please do not go out because this thing is being recorded. So I don't definitely don't want to waste your time with this. Okay, now. One of the guests said something smart, and they said uh, on the chat line, they said, well, you know, we need to put the voters and the voters and the citizens should put the politicians on minimum wage, and let's see how fast things will get done. <laughs> yeah, that, that, would, that would be great. Well, one of the things that I'm telling people is this. Your debt is not going to go away. It's not going to go away. It will follow you for years. Um, many years ago, there were stories I was, I was listening to, I read a lot on, on Napoleon Hill. Right. And he was talking about like back in the 30s because, you know, you couldn't get away from your creditors like you can now. You know, the whole bankruptcy protection wasn't there. And it would follow up, follow people around so bad that people were jumping off of bridges because they couldn't handle the stress or the stigma of being a person of bad character because you couldn't pay your bills, you couldn't pay your debt. You, you need to separate. Debt is not who you are. It's a situation that you're in. Right. And there's a lot of good people out there that have gone through really tough times, family yeah. separations, job loss, yeah. and they're good people that find themselves in a really, really challenging situation. Yeah, exactly. And I, I promise you, to anyone that's listening, you can make progress, but it's going to take a gut check. Yeah. And you really have to take an honest assessment and be humble to say, I'm in this situation, and you only have two choices. Things can get better or they can get worse. 
Okay. <laughs> and if I'm going to go about business as usual and I'm not going to try the basics, I'm not going to take an honest assessment of where I stand, and I'm not going to be willing to ask for help when I need it, then right. things will get worse. I know that for sure. Now, if you would, explain to me a little bit or to the audience, how does how does the whole debt consolidation work? And before you answer that, let me say this. I was reading a, a quote by Dave Ramsey. And, you know, Dave Ramsey is sort of he, he, he's in the expert industry like we are, Greg. Sure. And, and one of the things that he quoted out and said was debt consolidation is a is a con. And his words were this. Let's look at it and say you have thirty thousand dollars in debt, ten thousand dollars on a credit card over here. Say you it, it's a two year payoff at 10 percent. And you have a $20,000 loan over here with a four-year payoff for, say, uh, 12%, okay? Total $30,000. Basically, what he was saying was it's a con because, yes, these people will come back in and say, we have you, your total bill that you were paying was $1,100 a month between both of those that both of those loans. But they'll come back and say, we have you down at $640 a month for six years at 9%. Yeah, you had a lower interest rate. Yeah, they lower the payment, but they increased the term. So what would have taken you a total of four years on the first or a total of six years, but you were paying it consecutively, uh, oh, I'm sorry, concurrently, that at the end of that, you would have paid about $41,000 versus on the other one, with the whole debt consolidation at $640 a month, you're now paying about $46,000 total instead of about $5,000 more. Right. So his, his thing was debt consolidation is a con. Now, what do you have to say about that? Well, let, debt consolidation, what is it? We're taking some different debts. We're putting it into one debt to make things a little bit easier and more mm -hmm. manageable. Mm -hmm. and potentially we're getting different terms on that loan. So consolidation could be great or it can be a disaster, and, it, and it's the person's situation that really makes that determinant. Exactly. The downside of debt consolidation is that in a lot of cases, yes, you're simply stretching debt out. And anytime you stretch debt out, right. you may pay less each month today, which feels good, right. but over the long term you may be paying a lot more. So that's one of the big problems with consolidation. Right. The other big issue is that sometimes it covers up the underlying issue. So sometimes when I consolidate a lot of debt into one place, I'm moving debt around, but I'm not paying it down. Right. Um, and so you have to be careful with that. Now, well, with that know, said, if someone does need to lower their their monthly outflow over right. the short term, and I and I stress short term, uh -huh. sometimes consolidating to better terms can make sense and make your financial goals more achievable. Well, so you know, I, you... I think a lot of the experts out there, they have an opinion that consolidation right. is great or it's terrible. Right. Neither is true. It's the person's situation about whether it's appropriate or not that really makes the difference. Well, you know, you brought up a very good point, and that point is this. Your situation may change. 
And chances are your situation is going to change. Everything that we do is temporary, people. Everything we do is temporary. So your situation is going to change. And what Greg just pointed out is if you can do something for the short term that can reduce your monthly outflow, that may be better for your situation, even though you're looking at in that scenario I just gave, even though you're looking and saying, well, in six years I will have paid an additional $5,000, You may not be in that thing for six years, but it helped your family out right now by reducing that debt about $490 a month, which is helping you in your daily lives because your situation may change a year from now where you may be able to come back and have enough money to pay the whole thing off. But the bottom line, like Greg is saying, pay off the debt. Exactly, and you got to keep tabs on it. Don't do something once and then just go back to business as usual or not keep on top of it. Right. You know, Great, I'm going to consolidate my debt, but I need to hold my, my feet to the fire. I need to see where I stand a month from now, three months from now, a year from now. Because right. at the end of the day, if I have $10,000 of credit card debt today, how much of that debt do I have a year from now? You know, am I right. going in the right direction or the wrong direction? Right. Now, Greg, I will tell you this. You and I have been talking about we've been talking about the the result of debt. But what we haven't touched on is the mindset. How how do people get to this? Better yet, a better question. How do they change their mindset to get the heck out of debt? It's really hard because when you're in debt, all of the emotions are clouding your judgment and your ability to kind of take that first step, if you will. Okay. And you need to try and find an emotion that is going to overcome your own emotions. And what I mean by that is oftentimes we'll do more for other people, for our children, for our spouses – well, for people that we love that are in our family, then we'll do for ourse- ourselves. And so I want you to focus on the bigger picture. What is this right. going to mean to the future of your family and your loved ones? Because wow. in a lot of cases, it's hard to, for someone to take that first step. And we've all been there, and we know what it's like in an area where it's it, it just we can't get ourselves to do what we know we should do. Right. And so sometimes you have to look for someone else to to help you with that, try and find strength from your faith, from people that you love, yeah, and and really kind of look yourself in the mirror. Um, everybody listening can change their life and make progress just with a decision, a decision Absolutely. you make today. Absolutely, Greg. I have a couple of questions coming in on the chat line. Sure. One says, I have over 20 credit cards, but only use about five. Should I consider closing the other ones um, I do not use to better my credit rating? Yeah, so this is something you hear a lot of mixed information on. Okay. Because sometimes the mortgage person is saying, you know what, you need to close cards to be able to afford the loan. Right. The challenge is from a credit score standpoint – when you close cards, even if they have a zero balance, sometimes it can lower your credit score. Absolutely. Something called utilization. Yep. Um, now, 
I will say 20 sounds like a pretty high number. <laughs> um, so what I would do in that situation is I would start to close them, but do it slowly. Okay. So I might close one or two this year, and then I might close one or two next year and start to simplify my financial life. Okay. Um, but, so that, but so just to simplify things, but not close them all at one time. No, not at all. And if you are going to close cards, don't close the credit union card that you've had for 10 years. No, not that. Close one. the shopping card, you know, the, the shopping card, the gas card, some of the specialty right. cards, because they tend to charge you the highest rates and the highest fees. Right, right. Okay, here's another way, Greg. Well, I do not have the money to pay off my debt. What if I do not have the money to pay off my debt? Then what do I do? So I, I really, whoever put, <laughs> sent in that question, I give you a lot of credit. You, you're yeah. coming to terms with it. I, I have so much debt, I can't pay it off. Right. You already, decision number one, you already got there. You made it. You You realize it, and now it's, the question is, where should I turn for help? And so I don't know the specifics, but I would say the next step is to speak with a nonprofit credit counselor. Okay. There's usually no cost um, or very minimal cost okay. to see if there are options that they can help you with. Right. But more often than not, um, it's time to meet with a bankruptcy attorney. Gotcha. Gotcha. But the first step is, I mean, like you said, they've already come to terms with it. And yes. the second thing is, Go to that website that you were giving out. What was it? www.nfcc.org. Okay. The National Foundation for Credit Counseling. Contact them, people, and go ahead and get the process started because my understanding of the, some of the credit counselors uh, on, on the nonprofit side, they're going to guide you and make recommendations of what you should be doing. Is That's that right. And sometimes they can negotiate with your credit card companies a lower rate than you or I could maybe on our own. Okay, because they have, I guess they have a little bit more power in 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 the way they do things. That's to right. Be able to uh, lower that lower that amount for you, or lower the interest rate. Lower the interest rate, yes. And and now, Greg, one of the things that I've been, you know, I in in a couple of my books, I one of the things that I say to people when it comes to buying cars is. Yes, interest rate matters, but interest rate doesn't matter as much as the amount of money that you owe. Absolutely. I, I, I agree with that completely. I mean, it's going to make a big difference, me buying a $30,000 new car instead of a $20,000 car, right. as opposed to just having a little bit higher or lower interest rate on the terms. Gotcha. Um, so you got to see the big picture first, and all the details matter, Absolutely. Right. But big picture first, then the details, not the other way around. Right. And basically what, what you know what he's saying is details would be the interest rate, big picture would be the total amount of money that you're paying out. That's right. And the same thing is true with debt. You know how much uh, how much total debt do you have today? Then we can talk yeah. about all the little terms and which one should you pay off first and negotiating better rates and things like that. But at the end of the day, what does the big picture look like? So I can finally see things the way they are and take steps to make progress. Absolutely. Well, Greg, listen, before we wrap it up, tell us about your book. I, you know, I, the Now You Know Media is a publishing company, and a few years back they were um, kind of touring the country looking for financial educators to okay. produce a kind of all-encompassing investing guide for people. Okay. And 
I, I had auditioned for them and was chosen um, to have the privilege to kind of create and produce this audiobook program. And it covers almost everything I know. Uh, there's basically 24 half an hour um, topics where I go over different areas like investing in the stock market and getting out of debt, credit scores, estate planning, all kinds of important personal finance um, topics. And it, I think it's just a really good way for the average person to kind of hear and take in a lot of information mm-hmm. in small bite-sized chunks when you're okay. on your commute on the way to work or th- things of that nature. So, Probably um, the MP3 player and just listen on, huh? Ab- absolutely. <laughs> I mean, look, making good decisions, you have to educate yourself. Absolutely. And you want to find good places to do that because the big banks and some of the big financial institutions, they don't have your best interest in mind. Right. Uh, I love teaching, and I, and I think, you know, if you're working with financial professionals, try to find someone that's got, you know, the heart of a teacher and is really um, looking out for you. Greg, listen, I really do appreciate it. What I'm going to do is, um, and you, if you have a link for that audio, but please give it out that way because this, this, this program is recorded, so you'll be able to uh, download it or people can download it and pop it in their MP3 player. So it, once you put it out there, it'll always be out there permanently. Yeah, anyone can get a, get a hold of it. It's on Amazon.com. And it's called Get Smart About Investing. Get Smart About Investing. Greg, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you another email, if you would, any links that you want. Because I have your picture on our website, and it's going to stay there as an appreciation of you coming on the show and giving us your time. Oh, it's my my pleasure. Well, it's my pleasure in promoting all of our guests. So it's going to be on the website, and what we'll do is – any links that you have, I'll connect them to your photo. So when people go to our website, they can click on it on your photo and be able to go to anywhere you have links available. Terrific. So I appreciate it. Listen, Greg, I hope you um, uh, accept my invitation of being on the show again. Uh, of course, we're in that time of the year, and January we'll start another series on where we're talking about credit and debt. And I'd love I, to come back. Hey, great. I really do appreciate that. Well, Greg, again, I appreciate you being on the show, and I apologize for this nonsense that we've been having around the studio here today, but we had a good show. I appreciate that. So No I problem at all. Good deal. I'll definitely be in touch with you soon. Thanks, Sounds Greg. good. Thanks a lot. All right. Take care. Take care. Listen, audience, um, I appreciate you being loyal and sticking in with us and sending your sending your responses, uh, your questions. Again, I apologize. Something is going on with my platform here where I'm not able to take any calls. Um, so I apologize for that. It just froze up about midway of the show. I apologize. But, of course, we'll be back on next weekend. But starting – I'm not starting Monday. On Mondays at 12 noon, make sure you tune in for SE's Tip of the Day. We're going to be starting a whole nother series on Monday, and I look forward to bringing you that information. I hope this has been a helpful show for you, giving you some tidbits of information to get yourself out of debt. People, debt is a real serious problem. It's a real serious problem, and you have to take control of your debt today, or your debt will bring you down. It causes stress. It causes it's death. Uh, it causes, you know, divorces, livelihoods lost. 
get rid of your debt. Uh, take take charge now. Do what you need to do to get rid of your debt. Get it consolidated. Get it out of the way. Get it eliminated. Where you can start to breathe a sigh of relief and live life the way you should be living it. This is SC. It's been real. I will be back here on Monday and, of course, back here 3 p.m. on Saturday. I wish I could play my little promo, but I can't. Um, But I'm keeping it real with you, always bringing you information that matters most to your wallet. Enjoy your weekend. Be safe.